Do you know that this morning from the time Mark started leading us in worship until just now, seven believers have given their lives for their faith in Jesus Christ. Every five minutes in the world, a Christian dies for their faith. You know, since Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, 43 million believers have been martyred. And half of those have been martyred in the last 100 years. Every day, over 200 million Christians are persecuted for their faith. You know, we think that happens just in other parts of the world. And for the most part, we're right. But, but I've, I've heard we have, uh, Rosa Menat Missions works with Somalis in, in Columbus, Ohio. And one of the, the uh, RMM workers uh, works with Somali children. And she told us last week that, that she works with a 12 and a 13-year-old girl, and, and their mother has told them that if they convert to Christianity, she will kill them. And as I thought about that this week, and I wondered for myself, would I be willing, am I willing to give my life for what I believe? You know, every day throughout this world, People who become Christians, who become baptized, automatically have a, have a bullseye on their back. Because when they decide to follow Christ and when they are baptized, they lose their jobs, they lose their homes, oftentimes are abandoned by their families, and every five minutes one of them is murdered for what they believe. And I wonder, would I be willing, if I knew that following Christ meant giving my life, would I be willing to do that? If I knew that when I was baptized, that immediately my life was in danger, would I be willing to do that? Am I willing to identify with Christ if my life was at risk? This morning, I want to talk to you about baptism. And we're going to spend a couple weeks here um, just, just talking about family matters, that, that family really does matter. Being a part of the, the body of Christ, of the family of Christ, is very important in our Christian journey. And one of the first steps that we take in our Christian journey is baptism. But if that meant dying, would you be willing to go through with. You know, this morning we have a, a broad spectrum of people and their, their baptism experience. Some of you recognized that you were sinners and you called upon the name of Jesus and, and asked, for, asked him to forgive you of your sins. You repented and were saved and then you chose as a Christ follower to be baptized and you experienced a believer's baptism. Some of you are sitting here this morning and, and you chose to be baptized because your parents wanted you to be. Your parents said, you know what, it's time for you to get baptized. You should really be baptized. Some of you are sitting here this morning and you wanted to get married or you wanted to join the church and you had to get baptized in order to do that. So you were baptized. 
Some of you maybe were baptized as infants. Some of you are sitting here this morning and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, but you've decided that baptism really isn't that important for me to live out my faith. Some of you sit here this morning and, and, and you've never confessed Christ and you're just sitting here and, or been baptized. Well, this morning I want us to look at what is baptism all about? What is the significance of it? Who should be baptized and, and, and why should I be baptized? So we're going to be looking at a lot of scripture this morning. So what I want you to do is, is I want you to get your Bibles out this morning and we will want to see what scripture says about baptism. Now, if you don't have your Bible with you, but you have, you have a, your smartphone with you, I want you to get your phone out. This is a time when I'm giving you permission to get your phone out, turn texting off. Get your U version of the Bible out and follow along because we want to see what does the Bible say. You know, it's not so much what does Dwayne think about baptism, but what does God's Word say about baptism? And as I have been preparing this week, you know, I've really been convicted by some of my ways of believing about baptism, and, and we'll get into that. But if you would turn with me to, to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Now, the book of Acts is the Acts of the church after Jesus left and the Holy Spirit came upon the believers. And so the whole book of Acts is, is a description of what happened with the church and how the first church began. In Acts chapter 2 here in verse, verse 36, this is... Peter preaching his first sermon. The disciples have just come through this roller coaster ride. You know, Jesus has come into, came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey and, and the masses worshipped him. And, and one week later, the masses turned against him and had him crucified. And along with his crucifixion and death, the dreams of the, the apostles, their dreams died as well. But then three days later, Jesus comes and he raises from the dead and he appears to them and they're back on a high. And 40 days later, Jesus calls them out to the mount, mountaintop and, and there he gives them some final commands and then he ascends up into heaven. And he, he, he uh, commands them to go back to Jerusalem and to wait for the Holy Spirit. So in Acts chapter 1, the Holy Spirit comes upon the disciples. And here in Acts chapter 2, Peter gets up and preaches the first sermon of the new church. So in Acts chapter 2, verse 36, after he's preached the sermon, and the people are convicted. Actually, it says in verse 37 of Acts chapter 2, when the people heard this, it says they were cut to the heart. And said to Peter and the other apostles, what shall we do? Now notice what Peter says here. He says, repent and what? Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So Peter is very clear when they ask him, what do we do? Because they realize that they were sinners in need of repentance and Peter says, repent and be baptized. 
Now, Jesus had just commanded them a little bit earlier before he ascended up in heaven in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. He said, this is what Jesus commanded them. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Actually, that should say, he said, as you are going, make disciples, baptizing them. So, so you will notice as we go through these scriptures that baptism is a very important part of our Christian journey. And the last commandment that Jesus gave his disciples was to go make disciples, baptize them. So it's very, very important here. Now, baptism does not save you. And some of you sit here this morning and, and you were baptized because you believed that's what would save you. And baptism isn't what saved you. Actually, if you turn with me to, to, or I'm sorry, Acts chapter 16, verse 31, it tells us that, that we are to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It says we are to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and then what? Then you will be saved. Acts 16, 31. If I go too fast for you, write it down, go home and check it out when you get home tonight. But in Acts chapter 16, verse 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Okay? Now, if I go to, to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, there it says that it, for it is by what? By grace that you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. Okay, so, so it's not anything that we can do to be baptized, but it is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, not of ourselves, but it is a gift from God, not by works, so that none of us can boast. So, so Paul here says, says that salvation comes by faith. So we are saved by faith. Not by baptism, not by works, not by anything else, but we are saved by faith. And Romans 10, verses 9 and 10 are, are very important scriptures for us to understand. Romans 10, verse 9 says that if we confess with our mouth, Romans 10, verse 9 says that this, that if we confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead. Okay, you get that? So you confess with your mouth. You believe in your heart that what? That Jesus was raised from the dead. You will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So it is by faith in Jesus Christ that we are saved. It's not our baptism. But our baptism still is a very important part of our Christian journey. You see, we must decide whether we, we will receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And once we ask him into our heart, then our hearts are changed. Actually, it is a change of identity. The moment I ask Jesus Christ to become my Savior, my identity is changed. Do you believe that? Well, let me, let's go to a verse that tells us that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
Okay, so baptism doesn't save me. It is by faith that I'm saved. And the day that I receive Jesus Christ, my identity is changed. You see, when I, when I transition from death to life, from darkness into light, it's more than just head knowledge. It's more than just something I know, but it's heart. It's something that happens in my heart. There's an identity change. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. That sound like there's something different going on once you're saved? There's a new or a new creation. The old has gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled himself through Christ and gave us a ministry of reconciliation. So the day I accept Jesus Christ, I am given a new identity. I am someone different than I was before. And if you're not different than you were the day you accepted Jesus Christ, then I wonder, has anything happened? If you're not different, if you're baptized and nothing changes about you, your identity doesn't change, your actions don't change, has anything really happened? Because 2 Corinthians, Paul says, we become a new person. If you're in Christ, you are a new creation. So Peter, going back to Peter in Acts chapter 2, when, when the people recognized their sinfulness, they recognized their lostness, they asked, what shall we do? Because the first step in this process of, of our faith journey is recognizing your sinfulness, recognizing your need for a Savior. Recognizing that, that you can't do it on your own. So when they ask Peter, what shall we do? And for all of us, once we recognize our sinfulness, that we on our own can't, can't buy our way or work our way to heaven, that should be our question. What shall I do? What do I need to do to be saved? Peter makes it very simple. He says, repent. Now, that word repent means that, that we change direction and we go a different way. It's a change in thinking, which results in a change of life. So when you say you've repented, then you're going this way in life. You're living that sinful life, and one day you recognize that, that you are a sinner, and you call upon the name of the Lord, you repent, then you end up, you're going the other way. But for too many people, I see this thing, they, they, they're, they're going, they recognize their need for Jesus, they, they call on him, but, but nothing about them changes, and they continue to go down this sinful path. What Peter says is, no, there's a change that has to happen. There has to be repentance that takes place. So when people look at you, do they see a new identity? Today you accepted Christ. Did they see a new identity? Did they see someone different? Now, I'm not saying you won't ever mess up again. I'm not saying you will live a, a sinless life. We are human. But there will be something different about the way you live your life. People, when you, when you, the day you accept Jesus Christ, the day you repent of your sins and you begin to walk the other way, there should be, people should look at you and say, you know what, there's something different. There's something different. I can't put my finger, but there is something different. 
When people look at you, is there something different? Now, once I have accepted Jesus Christ, once I have repented of my sin, then the Bible is very clear that at that point, then I am to be baptized. And this is something interesting that, that we need to understand, is that the Bible always places believing in Christ for salvation and baptism together. And if you want to do some study um, this week, check that out. Go through the book of Acts. Every time somebody repented or it says that, that they believed in faith that, um, that for Jesus for their, to be their Savior, they were baptized immediately. And I began to think about that. And, and so why do we do it the way we do? You know, we, we see people, they get saved. You know, our children accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. And we wait 10 years before they're baptized. Why is that? Because there is no, there is no biblical model for that. Baptism always is followed by, I'm sorry, salvation is always followed by baptism. Now, baptism, I understand, it is an outward expression of the heart's acceptance of Christ's lordship. It's an outward expression that I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Now, this Greek word baptizio means to, Im to immerse, dip, or submerge. So it means a, 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 a putting under of, a burying of. And that's not the way we've always looked at it. And we'll look at the, a couple of these places where, where immediately after their conversion, they were baptized. Acts chapter 8, verse 12. It says, but when they believed, Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, what? They were baptized, both men and women. So, when they believed what Philip had preached about Jesus Christ, it says they were baptized. And you remember Peter Back in Peter, uh, or uh, back in Acts chapter 2, when Peter said, repent and be baptized, he's, it says that, that, and there were among them, that they were baptized, and 6,000 were added to their number that day. They were immediately baptized. And can you imagine if we did a baptism in Apple Creek where 6,000 people would get baptized in the Apple Creek? Do you think there would be a stirring that would happen? That would be exciting. Acts chapter 8, verse 30. Again, here's Philip. And I love this story. This is a story of, of, of Philip runs up alongside the Ethiopian. You know, this guy's riding in a chariot and he's reading the book of Isaiah. And, and Philip hears what he's, what he's reading and he runs up. Now, chariots go fairly fast. So Philip runs up beside the chariot and he starts talking to this guy while they're running. Now, I'm not sure how he could talk, but he was. It says then in verse 30, it says, Then Philip ran up to the chariot, and hearing what the man was reading in Isaiah, says, Do you understand what you are reading? Verse 31, then the Ethiopian said, So how can I, unless someone explains it to me? 
So he invited Philip to come up and to sit with him. So Philip goes up onto the chariot and explains the gospel to the Ethiopian eunuch. Explains to him about Jesus. And in verse 35 it says, Then Philip began with the very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. And what was the Ethiopian, what was his response? It says, as they, um, verse 36, and as they were traveling along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look here, here's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And then he says, and they gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. Do you see that? Salvation, repentance of sins, baptism. I think there's something powerful that happens when we believe and are baptized. And something that is always about, you know, our children accept Christ as their Savior. And we say, well, how soon should they be baptized? Well, we should wait till they understand what, what, what they're being baptized for. Well, my argument to that is if they understand that they are sinners in need of a Savior, and they understand repentance, and that they repent from their sins, then I believe they are ready for baptism. Because if you don't understand um, salvation, you won't understand baptism. If you understand salvation and the need for it, then I believe you should be baptized. And our tradition has, has moved to well, we'll wait till they understand. We'll do baptism once or twice a year and, and we'll baptize a few people. But that really isn't what God's word teaches us. As we are going and making disciples, we are to baptize them. And you know, the Bible never even says that, that you have to be ordained or licensed to baptize someone. So if Dan leads somebody to the Lord, there's nothing saying that, that he really couldn't take him to the river and baptize him as a believer. And so, you know, baptism is a very critical part of our Christian walk. Now, is baptism required for salvation? No. But it is a requirement of obedience. It's not a requirement for salvation, but it is a requirement for obedience. And when we are baptized, we are preaching a personal testimony through the symbolism of our baptism. It is the first step in our discipleship journey. Baptism is a picture of an event that happened in here. Of something that happened in our, in our hearts. That changed us. That tells the world that I have a new identity. Baptism isn't the end of the process. And we have this mentality. If I could just get him baptized. Then everything's going to be okay. Baptism is the beginning of our journey with Christ. Because you are a disciple of Christ. The day you repent and ask Jesus Christ to become your Savior, you become a disciple. Remember, Jesus said, make disciples, baptizing them. Then we become baptized. But then we walk, then we pick up our cross, and we follow Jesus daily. In Luke chapter 14, what did Jesus say? 
Luke 14, verse 27, he says, Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. If you're not willing to do the things that are commanded in Scripture, if you're not willing to walk where Jesus wants you to walk, he says, you can't be my disciple. If you're not willing to die for your faith, you can't be my disciple. If you're not willing to give up everything for me, you cannot be my disciple. You know, we, we make, we, we make sal- let me, salvation is very simple. It is free. But the Christian life, Jesus says, you have to count the cost because you pay the price every day. And since I've been talking, six people, six more people have given their lives for their faith. It's not an easy road, but we are called to be disciples of Jesus Christ and to do no less than he did and that was give his life. So how many of you would be willing to give your life? How many of you would be willing to be burned at the stake or to be drowned or to be cut into pieces? Because our, our Anabaptist forefathers, they believed baptism, they believed so, that baptism was so important that they gave their lives. They were burned at the stake and and ripped apart, fed to animals because they were willing to stand up for their faith. I have to be willing to go to Golgotha with Jesus. I have to be willing to die with Christ. I have to be willing to die to my old attitudes to my old way of thinking, to my anger and my jealousy and my pride. I have to be willing to go to Golgotha and to put those to death. By becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ, I have to die to my old life and walk in the newness of life with Christ Jesus as he taught us to live. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 6 with me. Because Romans chapter 6 is a beautiful picture It's a beautiful picture of what has happened to us. Romans chapter 6. I'll just start at verse 1. Romans 6 verse 1. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. So how can we live in it any longer? Or do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into this death, into into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And that is the beauty of of a, of a believer's baptism. You know, when we take someone and, and we, we put them into the water, we put, take them backwards, we put them under the water, signifying that, that they have died, the old man has died, and we have buried them. They are no longer alive. They're gone. We've been buried with him in his death. But then we lift them up out of the water. And the second they come up, they break that water. They have now been resurrected in the newness of life. Just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too now live a new life. And that's what salvation, that's, be- that's the picture of salvation. That we die with Christ and we are resurrected a new life. 
Are you new? Are you new? Would you be willing this morning? Would you be willing to give your life for Jesus? So I asked three questions at the beginning. What is the significance of baptism? Well, it's an outward expression. It's an outward way of expressing that I have become a disciple of Jesus Christ. That I've chosen to die to myself and to walk in the newness of life following Jesus Christ. That's what a baptism signifies. That I have become a disciple of Jesus Christ, willing to give myself for him. So why should I be baptized? If you're sitting here this morning, you've accepted Jesus Christ, and you've never been baptized, and you ask yourself, why? What's the importance of it? Because Jesus commanded it. And the scriptures over and over talk about and command us to be baptized. So if you've believed and confessed Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you should be baptized. Now, I just answered my last question. Who should be baptized? Everyone who has believed. Everyone who has confessed the name of Christ as their Savior should be baptized. So maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're, you're questioning. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and said, you know what, I was baptized. But when I was baptized, I didn't believe. I never experienced a believer's baptism. I would encourage you to pursue that. I encourage you to come and talk to me about that because we want you to experience a believer's baptism. You know, we have, a couple years ago, there were several people from here that, um, that had been members of this church for, for some time and, and, and felt they had never experienced a believer's baptism and chose to do so. So the, I believe the Bible is very clear that as believers, we should experience a believer's baptism. And that baptism should happen after we have repented of our sins. After we have confessed Jesus Christ as our Savior. And if you have questions for me, if you disagree with me, I would love to talk to you about this. Because I believe from Scripture, it is very clear that that's what is commanded of us. So we're going to give you, I'm just going to give you a couple of minutes here. And, and, and just to process what I've said. And in your own heart, you know, I can't tell you whether you were saved or not when you were baptized. You know, you know that, you discern that, you wrestle with God on that. But you know, we're just going to give you a couple of minutes to think about that. We're not going to have any music. We're not going to, I just want it to be quiet, as quiet as it can be. And I want you to think about that. And in your bulletins, there's the, there are those comment cards. And I want you to tear that out. If you want to talk to me, if you want to call me, if you want to process this with me some more, fill that out or call me this week. Because baptism is a very beautiful thing that, that we have been given that symbolizes what happened in here. And it is a command from Jesus himself that we should be baptized. We should experience a believer's baptism. I believe there are, there are great blessings that come from being obedient to the commandments of God. So let's just take a couple minutes um, just to be quiet.
And then I'll close with prayer. Thank you, Lord, for the, the beauty of baptism. Thank you for the way that it reminds us of what has happened in our hearts that, that the old man in us has been put to death and that we have new life. Thank you for the beauty of the, the symbolism behind it. And Lord, I pray just that we would be obedient. We would wrestle with what, what, the, what baptism really is and, and, and what we've always believed about it and, and what about that is right and what about that is wrong. So, Lord, I pray that you would, you're through your Holy Spirit, you would give each one of us clarity as we read the Scriptures about what baptism is. And, Lord, if there are those here this morning um, that have never called upon you to be their Lord and Savior, I pray just through your Spirit that you would convict them and work in their hearts and bring them to a point of repentance. And Lord, for those that um, maybe wrestling with this morning, asking themselves, have, have, I, have I experienced a believer's baptism? Lord, through, not through my words, but through, through your word and, and through the Holy Spirit, would you show them? what is right. For those of us, Lord, that, um, that have experienced believers' baptism, that have confessed your name and repented and believed and been baptized, uh, Lord, give us strength to, to walk this Christian life, walk um, faithfully. Uh, Lord, that we would, we would be your disciples. We would pick up our cross every day and choose to follow you. Choose to lay down ourselves, our, our old life, our old things, our, our old habits, our old desires, and, and we would focus our eyes on you and we would follow you. And as we are going, that we would make disciples. As we are going, we would share our faith and we would allow you to work through us. I pray, Lord, that the Fairlawn Mennonite Church would experience renewal and revival as we are obedient to to your will in our lives. May we be changed through it. I pray in Christ's precious name. Amen. All right, if you would stand with me. Um, again, if you have any questions about anything I said this morning, uh, wrestling in your own life with it, please feel free to talk to me. There's a sign-up sheet out back for anybody interested in baptism class as well as membership class. Um, so if you could fill that out, that would be great. And we will see you next week.